What's going on, family? TGIF, happy Friday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great week, and guess what? The weekend is upon us. That alone is cause for celebration, as I guess it's technically the last weekend in spring, though with everything opening up again and the like, it just feels like it's already summer, and certainly the weather seems to be reflecting that as well. Shouts to everybody who joins us via social media, at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you've not done that, go ahead and do that today. Shout out to all of our new followers and all of our new subscribers on our podcast, which of course you can check out wherever it is that you get your podcast. Thanks so much for your continued support of what we are doing. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to us. We absolutely appreciate it. So there's a lot of pro wrestling news to get into. And I want to start with the ratings for NXT from this past Wednesday night. NXT ratings saw an increase in viewership as they drew 695,000 viewers. And that, of course, is coming off the heels of NXT TakeOver In Your House. That's up from last week's 669,000 viewers, which is a rise of about 30,000 viewers or so. Again, we have to acknowledge the fact that a lot of pro wrestling, be it SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, it's all being impacted, of course, by what's going on with the NBA playoffs, as the playoffs are really rivaling in many opportunities and cases, or altering the program and the airing of pro wrestling, as we'll see with AEW Dynamite in just a few minutes. Big show from NXT, as we've talked about before. Significant things happening, the return of Samoa Joe, an amazing tornado tag match between Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher against the grizzled young veterans. Just some really, really cool things going on with NXT. So congratulations to them. That's pretty awesome. Speaking of ratings, AEW Dynamite's ratings are in from last Friday, and they drew 487,000 viewers. That's up from the previous week's 462 thousand viewers just to put it all in context it is the second lowest viewer number ever for dynamite ahead of the previous week so these last two weeks have been very very difficult for aew dynamite Again, things have not been the same since they moved from Wednesday night. The last Wednesday night they appeared was on May the 19th, and they drew in 821,000 viewers. The following week, which of course was the lead-in to Double or Nothing, they brought in 526,000 viewers. The week after, 462,000, and then last week, 487,000 viewers. Tonight will be week four of AEW Dynamite on Friday night. And again, the reason for it has everything to do with the NBA playoffs, which are happening on Wednesday nights. And that, of course, bumps Dynamite out of their normal spot on TNT. Now, what's interesting to me is this. I hope for Dynamite and for AEW, they are learning perhaps the viewing techniques of their audience on a Friday night. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say that particularly with the world reopening now, Friday nights are definitely destination outside, right? Not destination inside. So they're going to have to really do some things to get fans to tune in, of course, 
on Friday night. Now, next week, they'll be on Saturday night with a live show again because of what's happening with the NBA playoffs. We really won't see them return to Wednesday night until they head back on the road, which by then, the NBA playoffs will be over. And I'm sure with AEW Dynamite on the road in July, back on Wednesdays, we'll really see a lot of their ratings start to do what they normally do. I don't think the network or the company is stressing out right now because of these numbers. Again, they are extenuating circumstances. And I got to tell you, even now with week four of them being on Friday nights, I'm still wondering where they are on Wednesday nights. Wednesday night had been a destination for wrestling, but with Tuesdays now being NXT's night and Fridays for the time being being Dynamite's night, it's going to be interesting. This is even more interesting because we know that particular time slot is the time slot that they are looking to begin airing AEW Rampage. And that should be interesting. Rampage is supposed to actually kick off in August. So I wonder exactly how uh, those ratings will go and what the expectation is for those ratings. If they're seeing that these are the numbers they're drawing in, perhaps they're not expecting Rampage to rival Dynamite in terms of ratings. It'll also depend on the content that they have. But again, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, not your ideal time for pro wrestling. That's usually 2020 time where people are out dating or having a good time and the like. With that said, another quick Friday night note before we get to our big, big story for the day. And that is Friday Night Smackdown is scheduled tonight on Fox and there was big news that we dropped on our social media space yesterday, and that is one of the main events for Hell in a Cell for this Sunday is now being moved to Friday night. So tonight we're going to see Roman Reigns defend the Universal Championship against Rey Mysterio inside of Hell in a Cell on SmackDown. Now, this is the first time we've seen a Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown ever. So there's that. It's really only the second time that I think we will have seen a Hell in a Cell match on network television. The first time actually happened on Monday Night Raw during the Attitude Era. Kind of crazy times, I know, right? But here's the other thing. There has been exactly one week of buildup to this match. Now, I told you guys before, I wasn't exactly excited about this match happening at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. But with it happening tonight, now I've got some real questions. So, you don't really think Roman Reigns is going to have two Hell in a Cell matches, one tonight and then one on Sunday. And what does this do for the Hell in a Cell card? Because quite frankly, Roman Reigns is a major draw. Why he would be on SmackDown and not on the pay-per-view is quite intriguing to me. Now, I will say, I do think this is definitely a ratings grab for SmackDown. SmackDown has been under 2 million viewers for several weeks now, so they definitely need to be able to kick that number up. How they will do that? Well, Hell in a Cell is certainly a way, even though Roman versus Ray is not a match we want to see. But for those who have never viewed a WWE pay-per-view or may not have Peacock or have only seen clips of a Hell in a Cell match, this is the opportunity to really bring some eyes in. So I'm intrigued to see how this will go. Obviously, by Monday or Tuesday or so, we should know what the ratings are for it. But it's going to be interesting, and I'm even more interested to see what the plan is for Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell. Or is there no plan? Is this what they're doing? Strange and weird stuff, but it's going to happen tonight, and I'm curious to see if you'll be checking it out. With that said, when we come back, 
We're going to talk about that China documentary. This is SHW 28. Look out! Well, maybe this is why he came out here. He came out here to attack. This place is loud. Logan Chase will now be the manager of All Star Special. Oh, heads up. Oh, what just happened here? Fingers tipped the length away there from his son. No, oh, no, 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 no. What has come over Ben Buchanan? Rekka, bring it. Bring the best you got. This match could tear the house down. And they're not going to wait for the bell. Corey Hollis just gets cut in half. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. This is what everybody came to see. Your main event for the SHW Championship. A count of Whoa. one. Oh, and he sent him into the ref. We got a new champion. So they're saying Creed got disqualified. Don't do that. David. No, 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 oh, no, no, right. no, 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 no. He's no, crossing no, no. the list. All right, guys. So if you haven't heard, and we certainly talked about this uh, on our social media space last night in the normal slot that Vice would air Dark Side of the Ring, they aired a two hour presentation called Vice Versa, focusing on the life and times of China. So this is significant for a few reasons. Number one, by now you may or may not know that when China passed, her team was actually in the midst of filming a documentary on her called The Reconstruction of China, giving China an opportunity to really tell her story. Because those of us who have followed China, certainly from her time in WWE until post, we realize very simply that she was all but erased from WWE conversation after she was released by WWE. And then all of a sudden, it's like we see her on reality TV. We had been asking, when is she going to show up in the Hall of Fame? She passes away in 2016 and then gets inducted into the Hall of Fame as part of DX back in 2019. So I don't want to give a ton of spoilers away, but I do want to say a few things about this documentary. Understanding, of course, that most documentaries, well, all documentaries, are coming from a place of storytelling, and they're usually coming from a person's perspective. So there's that. And I'm not in any way diminishing that. I'm just making a general statement about documentaries. With that said, we always seem to trust a documentary that is coming from the person's mouth, right? When you're telling your own story, we can usually trust that there's a degree of authenticity to it. Walking away from this documentary, I literally felt sad. I nearly cried for China because at the end of the day, China was simply a woman like most other human beings who wanted to be loved and wanted to be accepted. She realized she was different growing up. She realized her features made her different. But she also found interest in the world of pro wrestling, got one of the biggest breaks you could ever imagine. And not only did she get a massive break, she lived up to it. She delivered in the ring. And I'm just curious. It's amazing how in the world of pro wrestling, things have literally gone from when people talk about the greatest female wrestler of all time. They talk about the fabulous Moolah and then they skip to Charlotte Flair. 
And nowhere in the conversation is there a conversation about China. Who was a more famous wrestler than China? You could argue that China certainly was as well known on the female side as Stone Cold Steve Austin was on the male side. She had all sorts of mainstream popularity. She was a figure in pop culture. She showed up in places that most wrestlers did not. And I'm talking about the Grammy Awards. I'm talking about red carpets. I mean, she was really special. The WWE had not then or since seen someone the likes of her. And I know people talk about Charlotte Flair, but let me just be completely honest. Charlotte Flair could not hold a candle to China. And here's why. Charlotte doesn't fight men and nobody could believe that Charlotte could beat a man. But China... Not only did we believe it, she was the first female to be a part of the Royal Rumble, and it was, again, the men's Royal Rumble match. She was the first female to actually win the Intercontinental Championship or any male-dominated championship in WWE. It would be later on that Jacqueline would win the Cruiserweight Championship, but by this point, China is no longer in WWE. And so the story is so compelling. And I'd heard rumors about the relationship between China and Triple H, but they really delve into this relationship. And I just have to say, man, the WWE has a really sordid history, right? Because you've got Vince McMahon, who there's a whole separate a list of allegations against Vince McMahon, just period. But then you have Triple H. And the story of Triple H being involved in a heavy relationship with China, China literally calls him the love of her life. China was deeply invested in Triple H, only for Triple H to cheat on her with Stephanie McMahon, the boss's daughter, ultimately marrying her, ultimately becoming an EVP and really being set for life in the McMahon dynasty. And we can look at all the great things that Triple H has done as an in-ring competitor and as the, the real figurehead of NXT, but should we overlook China? Should we overlook how not only did he cheat on China and leave China, but then on the WWE Network explains why China isn't in the Hall of Fame because he says, quote, his eight year old boy could Google her and find images that aren't exactly appealing. Well, let's just be honest. There's not a beautiful story, whitewashed past for all of the wrestlers that are in the WWE Hall of Fame right now, wrestlers and personalities. I mean, you have one who is accused of murder. And quite frankly, the only reason why that allegation wasn't fully punished was because of CTE and he wasn't capable to defend himself in a court of law. You have another who was the president of the United States and many could argue was the most racially biased president this country has ever seen or certainly in modern history. He wasn't removed from the Hall of Fame. They removed Hulk Hogan, but then they brought Hogan back. Like there are a number of people with very checkered in the WWE Hall of Fame that one could Google and discover. So 
I just don't like the way that China, a.k.a. Joni Lauer, was treated. Now, did China have her own issues? Certainly. But I think they were exacerbated by the fact that she was released from WWE, not allowed to take her name anywhere. And now you go literally from being a millionaire to not having any access. And even as recent as 2015, they would not talk to her at WWE headquarters. So there's a lot to be said about this China documentary. And my hope is I can pull the guys together and we can have an in-depth conversation about the real potential of China, who China could have been if she remained in the world of pro wrestling. And here's an even crazier thought, which I didn't realize until watching the documentary. China's time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, what most don't really understand about New Japan Pro Wrestling is they do not specialize or highlight females in the ring. There are entire promotions in the nation of Japan completely dedicated to women's wrestling. Stardom is one that comes to mind or others that may feature them like DDT, etc., etc. But New Japan Pro Wrestling is known for strong style and they are known for featuring hard-hitting matches. And so the concept that China battled Masahiro Chono and they had an epic match and the punishment she was taking, it was incredible to watch. But again, her dependency at that point on, you know, drugs and the, the like and her relationship with X-Pac. And I'll just say this, right? I thought there was something called a bro code or a girl code where you did not date someone who you had close relationships with. So, for instance, and I guess I can say this publicly, they wouldn't mind this. There would not be a point where Courtney or Brandon or myself, uh, if we ever end up single, would find ourselves dating or being involved with someone that either of us had been involved in. It's just kind of a, a natural one of those codes, you know? So the fact that X-Pac, Sean Waltman, could get himself into a full-on relationship with China while knowing that China had been involved with Triple H, there's something to be said about that. Clearly, it was a toxic relationship, as you could see, uh, certainly documented in many, many places. I just, man, the story of China saddens me because not only was she someone looking for love, but she was someone who everyone seemed to take advantage of at every turn, not just the WWE, but reality TV took advantage of her and not just did reality TV take advantage of her, but you could even argue that her manager and the folks who were working on the documentary at times were taking advantage of her. So I would suggest if you've not watched it already, check out Vice TV, Vice Versa. It's China. It's on demand. It is available on their app right now. It is absolutely worth checking out. It is a 90 minute to two hour investment and that's based on if you watch a version with commercials. I caught a version without commercials on the Vice TV app and it is powerful. To be honest, you might need the commercials because it is a really heavy documentary to watch the changes that she went through and I just, man, my heart bleeds and aches for China. Rest in peace, Joni Lauer and gosh, WWE has to do a better way of honoring her legacy. I don't think her going in the Hall of Fame as part of DX is enough. 
Anyway, I want to get your thoughts on the China documentary. I want to get your thoughts on AEW Dynamite. Your thoughts on SmackDown now hosting this Hell in a Cell title match tonight and more. Share it all with us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We definitely want to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and all sorts of cool things are going down this weekend, including the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. What does that look like with potentially Roman Reigns not on there? We'll find out and we'll talk about it on the socials. Until next time, family, it's your man Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Brandon Clack, Courtney Beard, and the fourth horseman John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great weekend.